Hello, sir. Heard you, <clears throat> heard you wanted to see me. I'd like to say welcome. Welcome to Illyria. Welcome, 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 welcome to Illyria. Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Posh Presents Pictures Powwow. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinsky. And I'm Bartek. Bartek, welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I can't remember how he sung it, but he sung a song of welcome in this movie, David Cross. You, you got the lyrics right. I got... <laughs> Bartek, it is great to be back. Uh, we are doing our show Pictures Powwow, our weekly show. How does it feel to do a weekly show? You know what? For the last five years, I still didn't know the answer, but within the last five minutes, I think I like it. You think you like it? On a weekly basis, do you like it? I think I finally enjoy the podcast. Good, good. I am enjoying myself, obviously. We are doing Pictures pictures Powwow, which is always a, a pick-me-up to say Pictures Powwow. And that is our show in which we talk about a movie that's come recommended. This week, we are doing a listening people's suggestion. That's right, you listening people. You can suggest movies. We have an email address and social media in which you can direct all those suggestions to. This week, we are doing the 2006 film... She's the Man, which was suggested by one of your friends, was it not, Bartek? Yes, Jono, who was our guest in the Green Hornet episode. Do you know why he suggested this? Uh, no, I think I can ask him afterwards, though. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I just didn't expect Jono to suggest She's the Man, especially when it's like one of your other friends, one of your other friends who happens to be a girl, suggested a movie as well, but... Like, she suggested, like, a regular normal film. Well, Jono's like, I'm going to specifically request this very, very, very directed at teenage girls film. She's the man. Yeah, I, I coincidentally, after you picked it, I happened to see him, like, the, I think later that day, and I told him, oh, no, no, it was a few days later, and I told him, yeah, we're doing She's the Man. He was, like, really pumped about it. I'm pumped, Jono, because I have now watched She's the Man for the first ever time. But before we get into all of our histories, listening people, if you have not seen the 2006 cinematic masterclass, dare I say unappreciated masterpiece, Mm -hmm. She's the Man, give it a watch because we are going to be talking about it in depth. And yes, this movie has depth. So if you don't want to get spoiled for all the amazing plot details, character turns, actors that turn up, all of that, because we are going to be talking about this. Bartek, I just revealed that this is the first time I have seen this movie. I revealed it last week, and I revealed it in our very first episode when I said that Big Fat Liar was the only thing Amanda Bynes has been in that I've seen. So it's not a big shock, but this is my first viewing of the film. She's the man. This is my... More more education for me and Amanda Bynes. Both her and I are learning at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> this is my third Amanda Bynes entry, as we found out at the end of the last episode. She was apparently in the movie Robots, which I have seen, but I do not remember her in it. Yep. Cinematic classic Robots. Should we be talking about Robots? Fun fact, listeners, this is also a double review of, of Robots, even though I haven't rewatched it. Fun no. fact, a few, mu- a few months ago, my brother said, hey, you should do robots. Well, I didn't see it in our listening people's suggestions. So well, I, yeah, guess he, he, he I didn't, didn't take it, it seriously, but that's my problem, I guess. Yeah, your brother always says things in a non-serious tone, so it's kind of hard to take him seriously. Oscar, you got to work on that, okay, buddy? Yeah. His friend and him had just seen robots, and I think the DVD is still sitting in the lounge room. Bartek, your history, yes. what is it? She's the man. I'd seen most of it before, but then we stopped watching it for some reason. So, um, the context behind that was back in uh, year 11, I went to an all-boys school that was pretty much right next to an all-girls school, and I did a school production with them, which was uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Uh, And after... Were you the rock? uh, Yes. I was hanging a lot. It was really awkward. How many uh, boys are in Picnic at Hanging Rock? Isn't that a thing about just a bunch of girls wandering around in the woods? I think the answer is somewhere... But I think the answer is six. 
Okay. Okay. So there's two detectives. The, there's two normal guys, and I, there's a doctor, and someone else, but I can't remember who. Okay. Go uh, on any, with your amazing story. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I got on a tangent there. Um. Yeah. So after that was all done, there were two. I guess little party gatherings that happened uh, within like the months after it, where some of us were like, "Hey, we enjoyed hanging out. Let's let's meet up at my place and we'll do you know party stuff or whatever." Um, they were very small scale, but in one of them, uh, the girl who was hosting was like, "Hey, let's watch She's the Man." And for some reason, we only watched roughly like half to three quarters of it. And I remember we were all having a pretty good time. I don't know what called it off. The last thing I remember is I think we might have stopped around the time uh, a tampon was put in someone's nose. That's not even halfway th- through, if it's the first time, or is that later in the uh, movie? The, 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 one, the time when Channing Tatum does it. Mm. So, like, the, the mm. payoff to it being introduced. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why we stopped watching it, but I remember people were having a good time with it. I know exactly why you stopped watching it, Bartek, because yeah. another person needed to put on Catch That Kid. that's a reference to that episode (laughs) of the show in which one of your friends back in the day that was like their favorite movie right it seemed like it because it was two separate birthday parties where the movie that they decided to put on was catch that kid catch that kid i will tell the listening people this and you bartek I knew the premise of this movie, of course. We all knew the premise, which is girl wants to be in soccer team, isn't allowed, pretends to be in boy, pretends to be a boy to do this, the thing, right? Yeah. And it's obviously an adaptation loosely of uh, Shakespeare. And um, you guess which one listening people. Hint, hint, it's not Macbeth. But I did not know anything else other than one thing, which was the reveal that she's a girl, which was very iconic. I think that's probably the most iconic thing in the movie that transcends you having never seen the movie is the iconic, like, she lifts her top up and everyone's like, oh, she's a girl. Like, that's that's it. I didn't know Channing Tatum was in it until I had to get a copy of the movie and it had the list of the cast and Channing Tatum was referenced. And I was like, oh, is this where he came from? The answer is, Bartek, okay, do you remember that time where we lived in a world where we didn't know who Channing Tatum was and now we live in a world where we know who he is? Yeah. Where did he come from? Like, what's the thing that, that he came from? Like, what's the, the movie? It's it's a good question because the way that I learned about him was I started like I guess listening to internet reviews, um, and mm. I think I hadn't really heard of him until like the early 2010s. So the fact that when I was watching the film and I saw his name in the opening credits, I was like, oh, 2006, isn't that before Channing Tatum? I thought it was Magic Mike or 21 Jump Street, but the answer is the Step Up movies. Hmm. He's the guy from Step Up. Who knew? Not me, I've only seen the second one halfway through. But I was surprised to see him. I was doubly surprised to see David Cross. And I immediately said, if he's not her dad, he's definitely going to be the school principal. And I was right about the school principal. I was even more delighted to see that her mum was played by Julie Haggerty, who um, you may remember as Isla Fisher's mother in Confessions of a Shopaholic. She did seem familiar, yeah. And... Airplane. She's the girl in Airplane. The, okay. Or as we call it, Flying High in Australia for some inexplicable reason. She's mm. the lead in that. I remember saying that in Confessions of a Shopaholic, and I bet you I could play your audio reaction and it would be the same okay kind of response. And most people would know this actress as um, the main woman from Flying High, or, or, or yeah. as America knows it, Airplane. Pleasant surprise. A pleasant surprise. She's always great to see when she pops up. People might recognize her more recently from the film Marriage Story, in which she played Scarlett Johansson's mum. And before you ask, Bartek, yes, I proceeded to look up the age difference between Scarlett Johansson and Amanda Bynes to see if it was feasible that this actress could play their mum. Scarlett Johansson is two years older, so it is feasible that Scarlett Johansson and Amanda Bynes can have the same actress play their mother in a film, okay? I know 
you are asking that, Bartek. You're always saying, Ryan, did you do your homework on this? Did you look up who invented the apostrophe or whatever it was? The it asterisk? Was the semicolon. Semicolon in Big Fat Lion? <laughs> like Will? Um, so I looked that up, but I knew nothing about the movie's actual intent. I thought this movie was going to be far more leaning towards a tale about overcoming prejudice and sexism primarily. And that's really kind of not what this movie is about primarily. Like that's in there. But yeah, I wouldn't say that's it what sometimes. it's about. Yeah. It's about getting a boy. <laughs> uh, as they all do. As you do, and the boys Channing Tatum. So, Bartek, having now seen this as a full-grown adult man, and having yes. seen it partway through as a teenage boy, how did it feel? Yeah, it's, um... I think it really started picking up once she started dressing as a boy. For sure. So, the, the so film, five minutes in? <laughs> five minutes in, yeah. The first four minutes, 59, you know, I think they, they were a bit slow. <laughs> not the opening credit sequence uh well the way that i watched the film was on an australian streaming service called stan very um, famous I'd, yes i'd never seen anything on stan before so this was my popping of the of the stan cherry mine was um, twin peaks the return by the way yeah mm, when that was uh, airing yeah uh so the opening sequence, which is filled with a lot of, you know, sports, playing playing soccer on the beach, uh, I think all the movements of that and Stan still not fully booting up or something just made it a literal blur to me. Hmm. It was hard to read some of the credits, but, you know, I, I got through a lot of the, the bigger font things, like, oh, Channing Tatum's in this, oh, David Cross, Vinnie Jones, so I had that going for me, I could read some words. And did it get better? It eventually got a little bit better, yeah, but never to, like, Netflix quality. So it was just low res, huh? For, yeah, the first half, it was pretty, pretty consistently low res. Did the streaming service Stan name itself after the Eminem song? I don't know if it does. It's, I mean, that, that term's become a rather popular one on the internet lately. Even with Eminem, where he had to be on Saturday Night Live to let us all know, I wrote Stan. That's a mm. thing that happened. Yeah, the the Stan, uh, my brother's the one that owns it. I actually went up to him and was like, hey, do you still have Stan? And then that's how I watched it. And um, he was coming in and out during like the first three minutes of the room just when I was watching it. And even he was shocked at how bad it was and how long it was taking to get good. But other than your issues with the streaming service quality, that's not the film's fault. What did you think of the film? Yeah, I like I said, when it starts with the, the main premise that she's dressing up as a boy in the old boy school, I think that's where it started picking up. Um, but as you say, that is very early on. And I, I think it was a little bit better than I was expecting. You had low expectations by the sound of it then. I wouldn't say too low. I think I think they were in the middle, but it was just a little bit better than the middle. Um, I was expecting it, yeah, to be a film mostly targeted at girls. I forgot most of the premise, and so when I, I, I forgot about the whole soccer thing. I forgot the reason why she was dressing as a boy in the first place. Um, mm. So when that got into the picture, my immediate thought was, okay, so she, she it's been established that she's apparently better than half the boys in the team. Um, and then when she starts trying out, she seems to not be doing so well. So I, I was a bit confused about what was going on there. Um, but in terms of most of the comedy moments, I think they were played out suitably well. Yeah. So this is my first time viewing it. And what I can say is this is a definite unappreciated masterpiece. But the issue sure. with an unappreciated masterpiece is sometimes a first viewing can be a little bit hard because there's just some elements that you're like, this second viewing will make that gloss nicer for me. You know, like swallow it down nicely. There was many episodes where we had movies like that, that once we started doing a commentary over, because that would be the second or maybe even third time we had seen the movie... We yeah. and we had each other and a guest or whatever. Those troubling um, issues that you have upon a first watch kind of smoothed out. And I feel like if I saw this another 
once or one or two more times i reckon i would have as much of an infatuation with this movie that other people do upon a first viewing there were some teething issues that i had some some tonal issues some some jokes that i didn't think worked and some forced what to me forced character drama and not really following through on some plot elements that i thought could have been more yeah but overall I I have a love-hate relationship, weirdly enough, because there was moments where I just kept saying, I hate this, I hate this. And then there was moments where I'm like, that was great, I love this. So the film had definitely got an emotional reaction out of me. And, you know, some films, like, that's enough. A lot of films that I don't like, one of the big reasons that I don't like them is I don't get engaged emotionally. And this film did engage me emotionally, even in ways I was like just going, no, no, shut up. <laughs> but I was engaged. <laughs> and this film was very, very funny. Not all of it was funny, but there was just striking things in there that I just felt like, for me, I wish that it leaned into more of a wacky tone throughout the film instead of having it randomly in there. I wish that this had more of a tonal similarity to Jennifer's body or to Mean Girls. This kind of didn't have it as consistently. Yeah, it felt like whenever I did laugh, it was kind of like an unexpected sucker punch. Like, oh, oh, oh a joke that I like. Did you have a particular standout moment that caught you off guard? Uh I don't know about moment, but I remember with one of the David Cross scenes where they just overheard uh, uh, the main character talking over the phone about very feminine things right after wearing high heels, yeah, wearing high heels and like you know basically patriarchy thing about it, and then him trying to play it off as like you know that's normal. Have you ever have you ever had to try and run away in heels? And he's like, no. He's like, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. My thing that caught me off guard more than David Cross, who looks exactly like that guy who has that TV show in which he basically talks nothing about, he talks every, he just talks about cats. That cat therapist TV show man. I'll put a picture of him on the social media and compare the two. But I was like, I'll send you one after, and you'll be like, he does look like that cat guy. Um, I'm curious, yeah. One that caught me off guard was the sycophant character, the 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 stalkery boy guy, Malcolm, I think his name was. And yeah. I thought at first, I was caught off guard. I was like, oh, maybe the thing that caught me off guard was the fact he has a pillow with her face on it. And I thought, oh, that's extreme. But what caught me off guard was the fact that he wasn't just talking to himself. He was specifically talking to his pet spider. And that... <laughs> You know, <laughs> I didn't expect that. And to be honest, his character never really matched that scene throughout the movie. Like, you get a specific idea of how creepy this guy is. But I never felt like he truly followed through on that level of creep that he did in that specific scene. But that really caught me off guard. And I was laughing hysterically at that. <laughs> Malvolio the spider. And then next he's like, his spider's missing. He's handing out missing posters for it. <laughs> I just yeah, didn't expect it. Yeah, his character was was an odd one for the film. It's like he, when he's first introduced, it seems to just be as like a stickler for the rules kind of thing. But then he becomes jealous. But then there's not much focus on him. But mm. then you get moments like that where he is kind of trying to be the antagonist. And yeah. I didn't know if that was a. I didn't know if that was the joke or not. I kept thinking that this universe, the school next door was the one from Jennifer's body and David Cross and J.K. Simmons' cars were next to each other as they drove off (laughs) at the end of school. And meanwhile, across town, that Malcolm character, his best friend is that redhead guy from Vampire Academy. Like, that's what I was thinking of. Like, meanwhile, his best friend is the the redhead best friend, like, friend zone guy in Vampire Academy. That's what I was thinking of. These schools are in the unappreciated masterpieces town. It's that universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> this film has Big Fat Liar universe in itself because not only is Amanda Bynes in the film, but the girl that um the real life brother, the real brother Sebastian was dating and then dumps at the end of the movie, she was Frankie Muniz's older slutty sister in Big Fat Liar. Yeah, we also have uh, two year one actors in it. 
do go on. David Cross and Vinnie Jones. Exactly. Thank you. I I keep getting reminded that Vinnie Jones is here. <laughs> Vinnie Jones, the football player, the soccer player, <laughs> is in this. Oh, yeah, movie. They made him. They made him call it soccer in this, didn't they? He had to swallow it. He had to swallow it down, didn't he? You could tell he was fuming. Yeah. Um, I did in I did find this movie a bit head scratching at points. I, 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 uh, to talk more about positives, Bartek, we should talk about David Cross. You yeah. are not as familiar with David Cross as I am. I think it seems like, from my experience, your familiarity with David Cross is me having movies on this show that happen to have him in there. That and he was in San Andreas, uh, GTA San Andreas. That is, he was a voice in that. Yeah. Was he a nerd in that or dweeb? Yeah, he ran a store selling remote control uh, toys, I guess. Obviously, you have not seen him in his most iconic of roles, Arrested Development. No. Nope. Uh, you would love him in that show. He David Cross can only play one character, and that character is Tobias from Arrested Development, and he just plays different shades of that character. And in this movie, it's basically Tobias from Arrested Development, but with a beard instead of a moustache. And I loved David Cross in this. He was the right level of zany and wacky. He, yeah, he's, he had some he, really great lines. He's prince, like, he's, you know what I also think of? His mentor was the principal from uh, uh, Major Pain, the one that liked bugs. Mm, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their mother, both of them, they both have a grandmother, an elderly figure, who's that old lady from the tuxedo who takes over the hospital speakers. <laughs> <laughs> But you've seen David Cross in these things. He's played varying different levels of crazy. I think year one's probably his most normal, and he was Kane in that. Like, he was probably most grounded in that. Well, in t- uh, in uh, Pootie Tang, he had to play Pootie Tang. <laughs> That's right. He was in that for a bit. Um, what did you think of him in this? Yeah, he definitely is one of the things I remembered most from my, you know, fractured viewing I remember we had a guy in the group watching it with us who, like, every time David Cross came on, he, like, chuckled to himself, shook his head, but, like, you know, he, he was, re- like, really enjoying him every time he showed up. So I remembered I remember that there was a zany principle in this, but I didn't remember who he was played by, um, and I didn't quite remember what he looked like, but when as soon as I saw him in this film for this viewing, I was like, there, oh, there he is, that's the guy, and it's David Cross. This is excellent. Did you have any other favorite David Cross moments? Because there's one in particular I said, oh, Bartek, that's a Bartek gag that he would like. <laughs> I, I did like that Um, later in the film, I think during the, the soccer game, when he had the megaphone, there would be a lot of moments where like the focus isn't on what he's saying, but if you listen closely, you can still hear him trying to like mumble out a sentence, trying to get attention. <laughs> um big moments i have just most of them i think were really great in terms of a standout mm. one my mind is kind of slipping okay the standout moment for me a visual gag is him wearing a hairnet and i thought Vartek would love that oh rock that's right that's right and then the later he's like i'm thinning at the top <laughs> like he's completely <laughs> bald <laughs> Even more boldness. bold than David Sp- uh, David uh, Dave, uh, David Cross usually was at that period of time. Like in Arrested Development, he has hair. Like it's short and he's balding, but like you know he has it. <laughs> I, I did just, notice that, yeah. But I thought you would really love that gag. I was like, that's a Bartek type gag, and him with the speaker in general was also very good. The classic, um, he's a girl. <laughs> that whole thing reveal at the end, the false reveal. The fake reveal, the 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 screwed up reveal. I thought that was very comedically timed. David Cross with that nerdy voice and his absolute confidence in what he's saying. That's the mm. power of David Spade. Uh, I keep saying David Spade. David Cross. Sorry, David Cross has an unflappable confidence in his characters. That is, um, that's the humor there. In Arrested Development, his character is really naive, and he he always speaks these dirty double entendres without ever realizing it. And there's a whole episode where they go, "You just got to listen to yourself. Just record yourself. Listen back, and you'll hear it." And at the end of the episode, you see him, and he's listening to all the dirty things that he's said throughout the whole episode, and he's just like, 
yep, that sounds completely fine to me. Yep, that makes sense. Like, he's just, like, he completely doesn't get it. And that's always the power of him as a performer. He does unflappable ignorance and confidence combined very nicely. Mm. Because he plays pathetic characters, and sometimes pathetic characters are funny, but they can also be awkward. Well, David Cross, I don't find him particularly awkward because of how unflappable he is in his confidence of himself. Yeah, I think, yeah, awkwardness in those kind of characters kind of comes from their self-awareness of how they are. There's a character in Rest Development who's a bit more awkward and cringy, and he's the brother Buster, and because that character's a little bit more aware of what a loser they are. But David Cross, I just I wasn't expecting him to be as funny as he was, but he was a saving grace of this movie. He was a delight every time he came on, and I was happy he was here. And he seemed like he wanted to be here for this, this, this. <laughs> um, the, the podcast? Yeah, for the podcast, but for this movie, you know, this silly little movie that's for children, you know, sometimes he, you know, he, he can phone things in a bit, looking at the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies, for example. Even mm. though he's great in that because his character's an asshole and he's like, you know, it's always great. But like, uh, yeah, David Cross really, really uh, you know, nailed it for me. Were there any other particular actors or comedy moments that really stuck out to you? Um, I think, I think the main thing with the comedy in this film is the main thing that I can compliment is there's a lot of, I guess, duality or like double meaning stuff that they do. And, and you were tying into that with, um, uh, with the, with the Dave Cross speech at the end where he's playing the, she's the girl Mm. thing. Um, the big thing there, well, one of the, not the major big thing, but one of the things there is that the at this point the actual brother who Amanda Bynes is impersonating is at the scene, and he's interpreting the she's a she's a girl thing as like you know an insult to him, whereas the actual intention is you know revealing the the the, the conspiracy, the the, the fake mm. up. Um, and throughout the film, there are a lot of these going on where and and if you watch the trailer for this film, even the trailer voice guy gets in on it where um, it plays the tropes of like, oh, I'm going to make this character jealous by flirting with this character, but the, the real reason why that character is jealous ties into, you know, the secret behind it. So it's not that that character is jealous that the character is flirting with someone else, it's that they like that someone else. Yeah, they, that, that's a strength of the movie for sure. Uh, I was going to say the bit where uh, Amanda Bynes' uh, uh, bandage strap got stuck in the drawer. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. You know, but like sometimes I just love when I ask you, like, what were some other funny moments in the film? You're like, mm, funny moments. Mm, let me tell you about the philosophical thing I got from the film, though. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a comedy film, so I, you know, try to talk about what the comedy that appealed to me was, even if it doesn't answer the question. Mm. I liked... Um, yeah, I agree. That, that stuff was very good. I wish that her mum was in it more. I like that actress. I liked their dynamic, too. Like, as, a, as actors, they had really good chemistry. And there was a moment in the film where I just said, why isn't she here? Where she goes to the 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 rehearsal meal or whatever it is, and you yeah. have that other woman who's in charge of the debutante thing. And I just said, replace that character with her mum. Her mum's already yeah, obsessed with that. it. I think it would have worked better if you just replaced that other woman with her mum because there was really no difference between the two. They were both elegant society people who were nervy. I think it would have been better if it was just her mum and then that line where she says, like, Viola, you know, uh, chew like you've got a secret. <laughs> and then she yeah, there are a lot to chew like a maniac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her characterization throughout most of the film, I was actually thinking, like, oh, it's her mum. But it's not her mum. Why can't it just be her mum? <laughs> and I really would have liked it because her and uh, Amanda Bynes only get a few scenes together and they have a real great comedic mother-daughter chemistry of, you know, one's ignorant and one's arrogant. And I liked it. And I wish that it was in there more. I wish that she maybe offered up more of a uh, 
more of a threat to her to Amanda Bynes keeping up this double identity because all you really get is the carnival moment and that's kind of it and they really don't do much about the trying to juggle the two very much she she has like a couple of moments but nothing major because she gets changed in public and very obviously and no one really interacts there's no like imminent threat of her getting caught out in between yeah it's mostly just children yeah and i thought that was a missed opportunity for sure oh they had the ex-girlfriend trying to get to talk to sebastian that was kind of it but i just I don't know, I think the mum could have offered more hurdles with the whole debutante thing. Because at the end of the day, the whole debutante thing was there really so that they could have their nice little moment at the end where they're like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, nice little moment where everyone claps. Yeah, instead of an antagonistic through line. And what I mean by that, like that whole debutante plot thing serves as its own antagonistic force against our lead because they don't want to be a part of it and then it's interrupting what they do want to be a part of. I don't often like those kind of things, but I think this movie really could have leaned harder into that. And like I said, I think the mum should have been the lead woman of that instead of this other character who's basically the mum anyway. Uh, I think... Yeah, not, not that... Um, Yeah, sorry? Oh, you go on. Yeah, not not that it was necessarily building up to a funny scene, but even at the end when um when the parents are confronting the two children and like you know they're gonna chew them out a bit for what they did, um even Amanda Bynes kind of dismisses that scene by being like, look, can we just have dinner later and talk about it? It's I like know. A, a, it's like something was starting and then there was like a no 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 we'll settle it later when the camera's not rolling. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I thought the mum was really funny. I just like her as an actress. She has this really unique voice that's very shaky and nervy. Mm. Uh, she reminds me, even though she's like tall and slender, just her demeanor and her voice, she reminds me of like, you know how small mammals, like small dogs are always kind of shaking because they're so yeah. little? She reminds yeah. me of that, but as a person. <laughs> Just like a small dog who's like, you know, how they have that shaking going on. That's what she reminds me of. She just has this vibing, like vibration. I don't know. It's just something about her. And I just like seeing her. And I just wanted more of her, you know? I wanted more of her. And the movie didn't give me enough. But what I did get, I did enjoy thoroughly. We've got Vinnie Jones himself. Always a pleasure. Little bummed that they didn't give him more comedy stuff to do as well. I felt like... He could have been more of an antagonistic force. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I felt like he could have had more of a presence in the movie, at least. But that's also my big issue was me, I knew the premise. And it didn't follow through on the premise that I thought. I thought there was going to be more of a Bend It Like Beckham thing where you're going to have soccer games throughout the movie. And she's going to learn that her perception wasn't as apt. She's going to learn that she actually needs to get better as it goes on. So that when she face, faces her former boyfriend, like, she's also learned a lesson. But the movie, like you said, strangely enough, it's like, no, you're not on the team. And then soccer's kind of not really involved in the movie at all, really, ever. And you're like, this is the whole point she's here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read a thing online that, like, was theorizing about why that was the case. And as as all right as it was, the fact that the film didn't lean into any... You know explanations for why she, why she seems to be struggling with soccer you know is a demerit against it I, like i'm fine with her not getting in at first and then maybe she has to try and prove herself but she doesn't really try she's just like training with channing tatum really to hit on him and vinnie jones just happens to witness it and he just goes all right she's in like it didn't feel like she had really overcome any hurdle it just kind of felt like Vinnie Jones just happened to see her randomly. It wasn't like she proved herself as a player to earn the right on the team in the same way. It was just kind of like by happenstance. And yeah, I felt his like. Two mo- yeah, his two modes were kind of like at first a drill sergeant team, and then later he was like the woke one. It's like, there's nothing wrong with a girl on the team. Yeah, exactly. And then he like rips up the book and hands it to him. It's like, we're playing. Yeah, and, and, he- and there are all these like camera shots of like him looking approvingly, and it's like this isn't the character that we had. He's not Vinny Jones, that's for sure. <laughs> it reminded me of of uh, Big Fat Liar when they showed like the security guard went to the meeting at the end, and it was like, who, who is this guy? Like we knew who he was, but how did they recruit him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I, 
I do like this movie more so than I hate it. I think after I watched it, I said, oh, I, I think I hated this movie. Because there's just lots of things that just don't appeal to me as a grown adult man. I didn't really care for the will they, won't they. I didn't really care for the character flip of Olivia. At first, Olivia seemed like she had a lot more depth to her. And she seemed like a not, lot nicer of a person. But then she herself flips into... Like, she willingly decides to flip into being a vapid popular girl character and it just made me I didn't really care for her after that I thought at first she had a lot more interesting stuff going on she seemed a little bit more nuanced she seemed a little bit more sensitive she seemed a little bit smarter than more given credit for and then they just kind of make her decide I'm gonna want to you know to get this and it kind of has the same feeling as bend it like Beckham in terms of and I know this isn't really in this as much as in Bend It Like Beckham, but there feels like there could have been a lesbian romance plot involved in this, but they kind of didn't do it. I don't know. No, that was for sorority boys. That was not. That was also for Bend It Like Beckham, where there was a feeling like in Bend It Like Beckham, there was originally going to, it was originally going to be a, like a more of a, a overt lesbian plot there, but in the end they didn't do it. Instead it but is... Didn't, didn't... Didn't sorority boys have a thing where one of the female characters thought that she was a lesbian because she fell in love with one of the cross-dressing girls? You're right, yes. Even sorority boys had it go there. But, like, I just felt like this movie kind of had a bend it like... More so like Bend It Like Beckham, where Bend It Like Beckham could have but didn't. That's the thing. Sorority boys went there. Yeah, they could have had a duality... They could have had a duality thing where Channing Tatum... Uh, can't talk to girls but then like he can talk to a guy pretending to sorry he can talk to a girl pretending to be a guy they could have also had a follow-up of when uh olivia and viola were talking about how oh when i talk to you i can really be myself and be honest but it's like well i was a girl all along and you thought you like guys but no Mm. Mm. i i also found the diet like they, 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 and I get this. This is a film intended for younger audiences. It's also f- from like 15 years ago now, almost. Yep. But like, it felt like the dialogue sometimes was a little too heavy handed on the nose. I specifically think about David Cross when he comes out of his office to see that Amanda Bynes has now met Olivia for the first time. And that whole interaction was like, oh, I'm eating the fairer sex. And even that felt too heavy handedly awkward and cringing on the nose, even for his character. I agree, yeah. It felt like the script. It didn't feel like the. It didn't feel like the movie talk. It didn't feel like the story itself. It felt like the script talking to me. Yeah. And for a film that I don't think really lent as hard as it could have into the issue of of discrimination or, or sexism or any of that, it kind of felt weird that they really leaned hard on it at points. But then I didn't feel like they leaned on it as a consistent through line throughout the whole entire film. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, the moments where uh, Amanda Bynes' constant attempts at, like, you know, talking man talk was kind of shot down by Channing Tatum being like, why, why do you keep talking about that stuff? He's a sensitive felt new like age they guy. Were trying to go- yeah, they were trying to go for that, but then it's also like, oh, but those are our comedy moments for this comedy film. We have to do it. And literally, the other guys chastise chastise uh, uh, Amanda Bynes for speaking about girls like that as well and primarily because it's Olivia she does it to, Amanda Bynes does it to it to begin with and and Channing has a thing for her so it's like yeah but even then like the black guy and the other guy like they're fleshed out throughout the story and I'm not saying that we can't have these jockey dudes be fleshed out at all but it did feel weird that at points the film would point out the overt sexism but it didn't feel like the film was truly about that. It was like a kicking off point, right? Mm. But I wouldn't say it was the the goal. I wouldn't say that, oh, if you're going to watch... Like, at the end of last week, I was like, oh, well, we're gonna, we did a movie about racism. Let's do one about sexism. But, like, I wouldn't say that this film is about sexism. It contains it. But I think it's... I don't know. I just didn't think it was fully about it. I didn't think it committed enough. And I know it's a it's a... It, you could say it's a children's film or at least for teenagers but there are plenty that deal with that that are aimed at that demographic i just don't think that's a good enough excuse if you're going to use that yeah this film's not not as good as saved it's not as good as saved no i actually don't think it is (laughs) (laughs) i like saved more Um, no that's what i mean saved is better uh um what are some things that you want to talk about with the movie uh 
I covered I covered the main ones like the the whole duality thing um and you covered a lot of the ones I was going to bring up as well like how it tries to lean into some things and then it kind of backs off at points um yeah what do I want to talk about now that we've covered those uh well, you're a fan of sports movies. What did you think of the sport? <laughs> yeah, they, they kicked the ball real good. And then later on, they had a character that can't play soccer play soccer. And he's like, what is this? I don't like this. It's not fun. Like, I know people can be shit at soccer and all, but like he he's like, I don't even know how to kick a ball. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, according to the trivia, when Amanda Biden started doing this role, she didn't know much about soccer at all oh that's what we can talk about the trivia the trivia is very interesting yeah that's something even the trivia is talking about overt sexism more so than the movie where one of the pieces of trivia was (laughs) that the cast and crew were more comfortable interacting with amanda Bynes when she was in her male persona when she was dressed as a guy but when she was her regular self they were a lot more sheepish or a lot less um, inclined to talk to or even be as respectful. And that's interesting, right? Why? It is, yeah. And then, and then you have that really, and I, I the, the trivia point later where it mentions that, like, how she looked as a guy apparently was a big factor in her depression or something like that. Yeah, which is, you know, that's not the fault of the film. That's, you know, she's obviously got some prior issues or or at least had this kind of lent into some issues with body image or whatever. But again, I don't know much about Amanda Bynes. Just to reinform this for the listening people, I never watched the Amanda Bynes show. I never saw her in other movies. It was just Big Fat Liar. And apparently she's a voice in Robots. But again, I don't remember Robots. So I don't have an attachment to Amanda Bynes. So when I hear all this tragic stuff that has happened to Amanda Bynes, I think she's apparently on the men's now, but I don't know. I don't have like this this strong attachment to Amanda Bynes. So it's kind of like when I hear this stuff, I'm just kind of like, well, that's really shitty. Like, you know, like you just hear any information, like, but I don't have like a strong, overwhelming sense like I would if I was a child who grew up with Amanda Bynes. Like if this was, say like uh, uh, um, Hilary Duff, I had more of an attachment to Hilary Duff because I liked the Lizzie McGuire movie and show and, and, and her other movies, like, you know, all that, Agent Cody Banks and stuff. I, 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 but with Amanda Bynes, like, what I really respected about this was since this is my second thing around of her being a physical performer, like physically there, I really thought that she did have the comedic chops and the on-screen mm-hmm. charisma to carry the film as a lead. Yeah, I agree. Because in Big Fat Liars, she's a supporter. Like, you know, I know she's a co-lead, but she's more of a supporting character. It's about Frankie Muniz. And the film in itself, I watched that film not even for Frankie. I watched it for Paul Giamatti. But in this, I was compelled. I was like, I could see why people were fascinated by her. I could see how she could have her own TV show. I could see how she's in movies. I could see why children liked her because she has this real great energy and she has this real old-fashioned vaudeville type humor (laughs) yeah that's right she's not you know i know the trivia has just stated like you know the whole being a boy thing gave her like you know led or at least was in part of her depression and complex but what i and i say this you know i guess i have to say it slightly but what i like is she doesn't seem she didn't seem afraid to play around with her her goofy features and like really accentuate her kind of like you know, her weird, goofy eyes and, like, that zany, crooked smile and all that. Like, she she didn't seem afraid to really play up those those kind of physical things. Because, you know, she's a very pretty girl and whatnot, but she is a kind of a weird-looking girl at the same time. And I think that's partly because she, in this movie and in Big Fat Liar, the two I have seen, she really plays up those things because in those she likes playing wacky characters. Yeah. Yeah, I think with a lot of comedy, there is a certain level of, I don't know if this is the right word, but like shamelessness you need to have to mm. just commit commit fully to a joke. Humility, I guess that also kind yeah. Of ties, yeah, humility. I don't know that there's many moments in the podcast over the years where I say like a dumb thing and later be like, oh, that was embarrassing, but it was funny at the time, so I guess there was some merit to it or whatever like that. Like saying your name's Bartek every week. What? A, <laughs> that's embarrassing. I know, it's Bartwomie Kaspchishak. I know, right? 
And you gotta say your middle name in there too. If you're gonna say your full Bartłomiej name. Bartłomiej Piotr Kasprzyszek. Piotr. Piotr. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I, I found her very captivating, and I, you know, I, I don't think there's many other big movies that she has that are like, you know, Big Fat Liar, and this, and I guess Robots are like the big, like big proper big big movies. Would I be wrong in mm. saying that she, that she's in? I feel like those would be the three. Mm. I know she's in other movies or at least other things, but they weren't as you know, like not as big as these that I can mostly. Think of. Yeah, mostly when I think of her, I just think of like a few shows she was on with Nickelodeon, like the Amanda Show. There was another sketch comedy show called All That, and I think she had like a sitcom or two. Hmm. Now she has facial tattoos. Now she's cool. <laughs> Um, what did you think of Channing Tatum? I think you're a bit more familiar with him than I am. A little bit. I, if I listed out everything I'd seen him in, there probably wouldn't be as much, but I have seen the 21 Jump Street films. Um, Which I have still not seen those. Yeah. Uh, he he was a little bit wooden, but I feel like there was he had a, a sort of genuineness to him in this film. See? The, ty- the, the whole... Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm the exact opposite. I didn't feel any genuineness from him. There was that moment where he's just like talking about like, you know, I care, I have feelings, and I'm like, <laughs> like I'm like as if chatting now, now adjust your pillow. No one sits up there, let, let rest their head on their pillow that way. Actually, you know what? That's a good point. Lying down on a vertical pillow, so it's on your back like that. That's weird. Was I? And then Amanda, she had her pillows where they were stacked. Like the, uh, that whole scene is a pillow catastrophe. I just this this is a universe where pillows are weird. Yeah. Meanwhile, or down the road, weird. people don't look down because it's Baby's Day Out as well. Like <laughs> we're gonna keep connecting all these movies together. Oh, so the town is connected to New York or wherever Baby's Day Out. Sure, Day sure. I don't know where they were. <laughs> New York town. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't buy him. I didn't buy him, and I I think Channing Tatum's a good actor. Like I've seen the Magic Mike movie. He was actually very good in that. I've. I, I think I've seen... Oh, I liked him in Hail Caesar. He was great in that. Mm, he uh, was. He's a good actor. Again, I haven't seen 21 Jump Street movies, which I know are the big movies of his, like, if I want to see his comedy chops. But I, from what I've seen, I have enjoyed. But in this, I just felt like, oh, he's a pretty boy. That's all I felt like. Oh, this is the pretty boy actor. Yeah. And I felt like maybe as he's gotten older, he's kind of moved beyond that a little bit like there's still jokes and still things about him being a big bulky dude but it didn't does, doesn't feel like from things i've seen that him the actor the man is like i'm sexy in this it kind of felt like he was posing a lot and pouting yeah i didn't like it yeah no comedically he didn't really do all that much in the film apparently i've read in trivia that like when he moved, he started with modeling, obviously, and he moved out of it because it wasn't challenging enough. So maybe it took him a while to get into acting as well. And that's good, you know, like he has improved. I'm, and that's the thing I want to say. This movie, other than, a, say, a few veterans in it, like Amanda Bynes and David Cross and her mother, everyone else, for the most part, are, are blossoming into things that will, they will become greater in Channing Tatum. Vinnie Jones, like, Vinnie Jones is actually really good now at, like, he's always been pretty decent, like, he's always just been solid, like, he's not the greatest actor, but I think he has really blossomed over the years at fine-tuning his comedic persona, like, how... True. This was, this was after Eurotrip, though. I haven't seen Eurotrip, you gotta remember that. <laughs> I actually didn't know you hadn't seen Eurotrip. Yes, you have. I'll play the episodes of the podcast in <laughs> order, I imagine, I have to listen to every episode and be like... Uh, out of the 230 whatever episodes, I have to listen to all of them because every episode feels like you bring up Eurotrip. <laughs> um, I've seen Road well, Trip. Put aside, say by the bell. I've seen Road Trip. Right. And you haven't, right? No. And that's where we go. This, we should. This is a little dance we do each time. I'm like, I haven't seen Eurotrip, but I have seen Road Trip, and you're like, oh, Rio Trip's great. It's got Matt Damon. We should do a. We should do a double. Tr- we should do a double episode. And throw in another trip just for make it a triple. The one with uh, Martin Lawrence taking Raven to college. We'll do that one. <laughs> college trip. Triple episode. And then we do for the fourth one, triple X. 
<laughs> just, just, just to throw it all off. I, I feel like yeah, these people are bl- they bloss. This is them. They're they're still blossoming. Because Vinnie Jones has really fine-tuned his comedic persona. I really liked him in the TV show Gallivant. And I've seen him in other things. He's really fine-tuned this level of of this self-awareness, this this comedic persona of being like a hard man, but also he's kind of a softy underneath it all. Uh, I haven't seen him in Eurotrip, so maybe that's his, his peak. But... Uh, He's really nailing it, and like we said, Channing Tatum's still still getting there at this period of time. Like, I didn't realize he was a model, actually, because, again, I don't know much about the guy. I just know his mm. name's Channing Tatum, which sounds like an alias name, like, sounds like a witness protection name. Yeah, it sounds like two last names. <laughs> it sounds like, exactly sounds like two last names. It sounds like Tatum is actually, like, a little bit off from Tantrum. Channing Tantrum is his like alter ego. He's villain. Uh, and he's holding back, and he holds back his emotions in his films. Yeah, exactly. That's it. To play a get to play against the tantrum. See, I thought he was a dancing guy because he did the Step Up movies and Magic Mike and and. Uh, uh, he was a stripper. We know that. He was a stripper in real life. Isn't that the whole thing with Magic Mike? Like he was. Like inspired I, in, by the fact that he was a oh I didn't realize like I knew the I just know the movie for it being a movie I didn't re- like again you can tell me literally any fact about Channing Tatum and I'll have to take your word on it he's my mum I well that makes sense there was a Polish character in this movie was it yeah the fat kid that was not allowed on the team by Vinnie Jones. <laughs> Oh, did he have a Polish name? I think so. He had a ski, so I just immediately assumed he was Polish. Ah, so he's your cousin. We're bros. Long lost cousin. Bro, uh, I mean. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I just... Yeah, there were some gags that didn't land. Like, one gag that really fell flat for me, and I don't know about you, because this is a gag on paper I could see working for you, but for me, on paper, it doesn't even work, which is she's waiting for Channing Tatum outside, and she sees a silhouette, and she's talking about it like it's Channing Tatum, then it just happens to be, like, the gardener guy. And he's like, yeah. I've got to turn on the sprinklers. That fell flat for me. I, I, I didn't find that funny. I don't know how you felt about uh- that. I mean, I saw it coming. The thing that threw me off was, like, how deep the guy's voice was. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't see it coming because there was no setup. Like, we'd never met that guy before. Well, I mean, I didn't think that it was a gardener. I just thought, like, oh, that's not Channing Tatum. No, I knew it wasn't going to be Channing Tatum either, but usually there would be, a like, a setup. Uh, it, it, like we have... It'd be, like, the creepy guy looking for the spider or something. Yeah, or, like, it would be a character that we have at least seen on screen before. Or something, yeah. but it just happened to be a random out of nowhere gardener guy, and I'm like, I don't know, it didn't work for me. Like, uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else to say about she's the man. Oh, talk about soccer stuff. I talked to my father beforehand because, as I've talked about on the show before, he's a soccer expert. We talked about this on Ben Like Beckham, and we talked about this on Thunderpants, and we talked about this on a bunch of ones. I asked him about all these soccer things, and it seems like the movie is fairly pretty decent with it. Um, obviously, there's going to be some sensationalized things, like uh, uh, the fact that no one got red carded when they all got a f- into a fight, uh, or right. the fact that the goalkeeper guy could like openly slag off and be disrespectful and rude and whatnot when doing the penalty. Um, and of course the fact that she could play once she was revealed to be a girl and not, and not just because she's revealed to be a girl, the fact that she could play, even though she's not registered as a player, that wouldn't happen. Like that's Hollywood. a student even. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like she's not a student. She's not registered. If she got injured, there would be a whole fucking thing. They could play it if they, um... If they forfeited the game and the other team got like, um, you know, it would be a three nil. That's what would happen. It would be like forfeit three nil for this team. And I have a counter to all this, but and they just play friendly or whatever afterwards. But like, she's not registered. Mm-hmm. What's your counter? Uh, you're gonna tell all that to Vinnie Jones <laughs> and see if that flies. I said that exact same thing to my father. I said, <laughs> well, if Vinnie Jones came up to you, ripped up the rule book, shoved it in your hand, and said, "We're playing." <laughs> 
you would play. And my dad just said, yeah, but the game would be a forfeit, though. <laughs> Vinny, and he said, and Vinny knows that. <laughs> it What matters is what we see with our eyes, not what we read or hear about with our ears. Did you recognize who the coach of the other team was? The one who didn't let them have a girls team, even though they had enough players for a girls team? I literally counted how many girls they were, and they had more than seven, which is enough, by the way. You need a minimum. It felt like they had enough. Then you need a minimum of seven on the field. So maybe they wouldn't allow them if they didn't have like a max of 12 to six. Like if they didn't have at least say you want like minimum, like you for like for a proper team, you want at least, least 12, but you can just have seven. But like, and usually you want anywhere from 15 to like 16 or 18, but they had enough girls for a team. But did you recognize the coach? good question uh the answer is i didn't but he seemed really familiar he played jesus in reef of madness the movie musical because this is directed by the same director of that right that's exactly who he was yeah i did read the trivia they mentioned that a lot of the cheerleaders were mm. from that movie Mm-hmm. listen to jesus jimmy if people have not watched reef of madness the movie musical you got to get on that people i i showed that to bartek i want to say last year and you were blown away it was on your birthday, yeah, it was really good. You, 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 because, you know, sometimes I'm like, huh, Vartek's hard to pick with some of these things, especially if it's a musical, I don't know why. Even though you do like musicals, or at least you've grown up with I enough do, of them, yeah. you like Grease, which is like the worst musical of all time, but whatever. It's no Grease too. But uh, I was like, I don't know if you were like Roof Madness, but you did, you loved it, and you were, when Jesus turned up, you lost your shit. <laughs> Because you and I specifically... I've listened to that song, yeah, a few times. You so. and I specifically understood pretty much all of the references as well. Because <laughs> it has a lot of good biblical references. Best line <laughs> yeah. best line in that movie, is right up there with... Uh, right up there in the Jesus scene is... Uh, uh, I'm Jean of Arc, no Christian martyr, works it harder. <laughs> That's a great line. I use that line a lot. No Christian martyr, works it harder. Mm. Or the classic, you rock, Jesus. So that was Jesus. And I found it very distracting that Jesus was taller than Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones is like yelling at him like, but the guy's taller than Vinnie Jones. And Vinnie Jones isn't like the shortest dude in the world. I think of him as a pretty big guy. But this guy was bigger than fucking Vinnie Jones. He had a great... Who has the bigger aura. He had a great joke, though, where Vinnie Jones was tapping him on the chest. And he's like, okay, that's going to bruise, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You got your little pathetic thing. You got your joke in there, Jesus. I'm gonna just call him Jesus, by the way. Uh, I I know the actor's name is Robert something, but he's Jesus. Apparently, he was the dad in Drake and Josh or whatever. Drake and Josh, not Drake and Josh, in whatever the show is where they live in a hotel. I don't know some Nickelodeon show. Someone's listening right now, Mm. and they're like, "How dare you? That's a great show." I should look into that because the dad in uh, not Big Fat Lie in Drake and Josh is a bit more overweight. So, now I'd be curious. Maybe I've seen that show. Whatever the show is, there's a there's a show where they they live in a hotel and their dad's a rock and roll star. He's only in a few episodes. It's live in a hotel. I want to say the sweet oh. life of Zach and Cody. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if that was on Nickelodeon. Not, but Dr- I really Disney, maybe? Much. One of those. Yeah. He was their dad. He was their rock and roll dad. He's only in a few mm. episodes, but there you go, people. Is there anything else you want to talk about with She's the Man? I think we covered it all, Ryan. Well, final thoughts? Final, final thoughts? Wrap up? Yeah, it was it was better than I was expecting, and I think that if you sit down and watch it, you'll overall have a good time. There will be things that probably won't work for you, but there will be plenty of things that do work. We've got some pretty good actors that deliver some decent zingers at times, uh, and yeah, give it a watch if it sounds like it interests you. And if you're a teenage girl, you'll be quoting it along with many other things. Mm, it is true. I... And did enjoy the film. I will say it can be a little cringy at times because it really wants to lean into that forced teenage character drama. But as I said, yeah. I feel like 
these will smooth over time with my own rewatching. I watched this with my wife who had seen this movie before and those moments still make her cringe. She still put her hands over her face and was like, ah. I think for me, this movie is an unappreciated masterpiece. And as with some of those, a multiple viewing session, especially in a quick succession of time, really smooths these things out. But upon just watching it, I just watched it this morning, by the way. So I'm real fresh on watching it. And I think that this movie has a lot more going for it than maybe some people give it for. But at the same time, there were moments where I said, and I do feel, I hate this. I hate this this delivery, I hate this thing, I didn't like how, like, I've talked about before, I don't like character betrayals, and I felt like the Olivia character, it felt like a bit of a character betrayal, even though in context, it is a deliberate character flip via the character themselves, I felt like they didn't really follow through, in the end, she just gets with her brother, and it just kind of feels like, okay, but you know her brother's not the same guy that you fell in love with, right? Like, yeah, I think they tried to play it off as like, oh, she fell in love with his lyrics, but yeah, I didn't buy it either. But I didn't buy it, because her brother was a flake. He was a dick. Um, mm. And that's what she didn't like. She didn't like guys being douchey dicks. So, I don't know. I like that. Uh, but yeah, this film's worth watching. It is very fun, and I, I get the appeal of Amanda Bynes even more, and, you know, I feel the loss that many people have with what's happened, what happened to her, and what has happened to her, and that she didn't get to sustain as a comedic force. But uh, this film, she's the man. Fun. Could have used more soccer, but it was fun. It isn't Bend It Like Beckham, but it is fun. It's no Thunderpants, yep. but it is fun. Um, it, so over the phone, it sounded like you said it could have used a bit more fucker. It could have used more fucking, though. Um, this, this, well, it had tampons. It did have tampons. Uh, what? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, what did I say that? What did I say that? I don't know. Do you, wanna, do you want to rethink that? <laughs> Ryan, you see, in comedy, you have to have a bit of shamelessness. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Bartek, next episode, yes. it is your pick. So, regale pick. us with your selection. And can I just ask before you do that, last time when we were at this road, so not the last selection, but the one before, you were tossing yep. up between two. Is this mm-hmm. the other one that you were tossing up between, the one you're going to reference now? Uh, it is one of the ones that I was tossing up between. I was tossing up between three this time, but okay. I, I'm still not picking that one. I'm saving it for later. Okay. Uh, this time, I would like to cover the film Castaway. Tom Hanks. Cast- Tom Hanks. We haven't talked about him yet. No. Tom mm. Hanks has not appeared on the podcast, has he? No, he hasn't. Tom, you're here... Come back to Australia. Last time you were here, it was a wonderful experience for you. Do yeah, come we back. Heard, we, heard, we heard you stayed a while. We heard you and your wife, Rita Wilson, or as I like to call her, damn you, Howard. Um, <laughs> we're, try, we're trying to be fair. We've talked about Rita Wilson. We have to talk about her less popular husband. And I like that you chose Castaway. Castaway is a great film, and it's one I've only seen a couple of times. Um... It's one I, it's, yep, and uh, good pick, Martek. So, listening people, we'll be talking about the Tom Hanks, uh, Robert Zemeckis classic, Castaway. Uh, So, do watch that in the meantime, because next next episode we will be discussing it in depth. In depth! Mm -hmm. Uh, Martek, a pleasure as always. Could you please tell the listening people where they can find us on the internet, social medias, and our email? Because, hey, listening people, like I said at the start, you can email us with your own suggestions. It's not just Jono. Jono's not the only one. Bartek's friend Jono isn't the only one who can just come on here and be like, I want She's the Man for no real explicable reason that we can find. (laughs) He's a teenage girl at heart. Aren't we all? Yes, I can. I can tell everyone because it's very easy. If you want to email us, the email address is spitandpolished at gmail.com. That's spitandpolished at gmail.com. You can email us questions, suggestions, anything else that rhymes with that. In terms of finding episodes of this podcast, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, you already have, you can search on whatever that 
platform is. It could be YouTube, where we are on the channel Spit and Polish. It could be on Podbean, Spit and Polish Presents. Uh, you can also find us on websites such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. There's there's a lot of them. If, uh, you, the you Spanish one, iVox. The Spanish one. I, is that what it was called, Ivox? I'm pretty sure because I'm guessing that's the case because that's the one I'm <laughs> aware of that I know that I know th- that our friends the Contrarians they have um the guy who did their music I want to say or their thing he has a podcast that's entirely in a different language and I think it's on that one. <laughs> All right, yeah. The last time I checked it, it didn't have everything, but also last time I checked, it was over a year ago. Um. And if you want to contact us in a way that isn't through email, you can also find us on Facebook at Spit and Polish Presents and Twitter at Spit Polish Pre. We're always posting some fun things on there, engaging in conversations, and uh, if you're lucky, you might see Bartek's mum talking to us on there, giving comments, letting us know that she likes a song that a movie's called after or that Terminator is a classic. Wonderful Mm -hmm. stuff. Bartek, thanking you very much. Listening people, remember as always to be kind to each other and that she's the man. She's the man. I saw it in the title. She's the man now, dog. <laughs>